Wow. It has been almost a year since I created my first episode on my new podcast. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. My apologies, life happened. Um, so I wanted to just get right into the second episode. Um, and I want to talk mainly about um, living overseas in Spain and being affected by the COVID-19, the coronavirus that is globally, um, it's, it's a, gl- a global epidemic, pandemic, sorry, global pandemic now. Um, I kind of want to touch on this uh, topic just a little bit. Um, so as you know, I if you listen to my first episode, I live in Spain. I moved here about a year and a half ago. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I plan to continue my, my journey here uh, more long term. Um, I kind of want to see where this takes me. Anyway, so yes, um, the coronavirus, wow, no one saw this coming. This, it just seems like this, this virus just came out of nowhere. Um, the funny thing was that, not so funny, um, in the beginning of the year, I was watching a new Netflix show. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about a pandemic. It was a it was a documentary about a pandemic um, that just broke out, and um, the preparations and excuse me, the lack lack thereof for preparing for something like this um, to happen. And it was, I don't know if it, if it's ironic or conspiracy, whatever you want to call it, but, um, I just find it a little, I guess, ironic that I was watching this on Netflix and I want to say maybe a day later, that's when everything started breaking out in the news, the media about the coronavirus and how it started in China. Now, how does this affect me? I live in Spain. Spain is the second most affected country in the world. I'm sorry, in Europe. The second most affected country in Europe. Italy is number one. Spain is number two. Um, and how does this affect me personally, professionally, mentally? I want to get into all of that. So, um, I'm not sure if I kind of divulged into the details of how I'm getting paid while here in Spain, living here in Spain. I, um, work for the Spanish government. I am a part of an auxiliar program, um, called Exiliares de Conversacion. And this program provides, um, work for people that are native English speakers from various types of different countries. And so, yeah, that's how I'm able to make a living here. That's how I'm able to get a check here and pay my bills and live in Spain, um, semi-comfortably. Um, so how does this affect me professionally? Um, 
I just got notification last week from from my hiring director that mentioned that um, the school will be closed indefinitely until further notice. Um, there are rumors that um, schools will just only be closed for 15 days because that's like the incubation period for the coronavirus and they want to make sure that everyone um, kind of surpasses that incubation period that way they know for sure that these people aren't infected and cannot uh, infect other people um so but there's also rumors that even though they might quarantine us well they are quarantining us um for 15 days that school um won't start again until a month from now so sometime in april um, next month. Um, how does it affect my money? I am not totally sure. Um, I am a part of a, a WhatsApp group and they send out messages about like updates and things that are going on, um, within our region. Um, and so what I've heard was that yes, we will still get paid as long as as long as this does not affect the government and the government is still able to pay us on time, then yes, we will still get paid. And hopefully that is true because I kind of rely now on my paycheck here. Um, before, when I first moved to Spain, I did save a lot of money and I do have money saved and I do have other assets that I can pull from. But um I, I do heavily rely on my Spanish account so that I can pay for my Spanish bills. <laughs> so that's how it affects me professionally. Um, right now I'm staying with um, some friends and we are doing fine. We have food, um, even though the shelves in the grocery store is absolutely ridiculous. We do have food. We do have toilet paper. That's one thing that I don't understand why people are going crazy over toilet paper. I think once the word broke out that people are hoarding toilet paper, more people started going out to hoard to toilet paper. Like they had it in their mind, their mind that there is going to be a lack of toilet paper. So more and more people, like it's just a cycle of craziness that's going on with that. But yes, I have toilet paper, I have wet wipes, I have, hand sanitizer and the thing about hand sanitizer thank god i bought an aloe vera plant because i'm able to make my own hand sanitizer if i want i have alcohol rubbing alcohol witch hazel um and aloe vera and essential oils so i'm able to make my own hand sanitizer when need be and it's not it's not um specifically to kill the germs and bacteria on my hands, I need it for my prosthetic. And I will get to that point onto how this is affecting me as a disabled person living abroad when my, my prosthetist is actually in the United States. I'll get to that. Um, so yes, I do use hand sanitizer for my prosthetic leg um, because my prosthetic leg is made out of silicone and in order for me to kind of easily slip my leg on and off and also to kill the bacteria that's on my leg i do use hand sanitizer and so i frequently purchase hand sanitizers um 
I don't know, on a monthly basis and I stock up um, reasonable, reasonably because I need it. I need it for my prosthetic. Um, so anyway, so yes. So this, the thing is, is that being a disabled person and living abroad definitely um, kind of, I don't want to say it hinders my notion of wanting to stay abroad, but it kind of um, makes me hyper aware of things that I need. And I kind of have to plan out um, like travel and where I'm going to stay. And if there's a prosthetist that's nearby and um, do I have enough supplies? Like I kind of have to become like well prepared when it comes to me being disabled and living abroad for one. Um, thank God, uh, Spain has really great insurance and, um, public and private. And I do have private insurance. My, my, my job, my profession, the Spanish government provides private insurance which is great because I'm able to see like really great doctors so I'm so 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 grateful for that um I did locate a prosthetist that's located in Madrid I do not live in Madrid I live in a town that's south of Madrid called Toledo and um it's not that far from Madrid as if I take like a train like one of those it's called an ave a fast train from Toledo to Madrid. So I do have access to a prosthetist. I've never met him before, but I have been in um, conversation with him via email. So he knows who I am. He knows my whole background, my story and everything. And we have not yet been able to meet, but one day we will. Um, so me being disabled in Spain and having something spontaneous like this to occur, um, you have to be prepared. And this is me taking accountability for me and myself, knowing that um, knowing that I am disabled, I am limited to some of my options. I have to stretch out certain supplies just in case something like this happens. Um, how can I how am I able to Mm, fix some of my prosthetic legs if it's something that's very temporary or something that that is easy for me to fix. I've learned to do all of this since I moved here. And again, touching back on like something like this that's so spontaneous that is happening where you have to literally pick up your bags and go. Um, I, I always have to stay ready. I always have to stay ready. And so... I'm good on supplies, thank God. Like, I have enough with me, and I'm very careful with how I use my supplies and what I use. And if something is broken, torn, ripped, whatever, how can I reuse this um, if I absolutely need to? I never throw out supplies unless they are super tattered and torn. That's the only time I throw something out when I can. can when I cannot use it at all, if I can utilize it in some shape, way, or form, I will keep every piece of my supplies because, again, when something, if something like this happens, I want to be able to pick up the good stuff and the and the the, the worn out stuff and 
go. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I was able to leave my apartment in Toledo and I'm here in another city staying with friends because um, it's just for safety reasons. Um, because uh, ironically enough, I ended up getting sick maybe a day, the day I left Toledo to be with company because um, you just never know if something happens, if I'm sick and I need help, then I have someone with me to help me. And that's exactly what happened. I ended up catching the flu. Um, we kind of thought it was the coronavirus, but it wasn't. I ended up catching the flu and, um, and I was able to get help and support from my friends that were around to, to help me. And so, so yes, and me being disabled and being sick, I kind of do need that extra help because if I'm sick with the flu, I'm on the couch, I'm on the bed and I, I'm not going to have my leg on. So if I do need maybe a cup of water, some soup or what have you, I do have that extra hand to help me out instead of me putting, getting the alcohol and putting my, my, my silicone liner on and my, my, um, all of those other things that goes along with putting on a prosthetic. I won't get bored anyone with that, but like putting everything on and then like, you know, going to mix, like I can, I have an extra pair um, of hands to help me out. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I do sound a, a little sick because I am getting over the flu. What I've done and because I did, I want to say about 15% of me kind of thought I was uh, infected with the coronavirus. But what I did was I literally fasted for most of the of the day for three days. And the only thing that I did consume was a bowl of kale soup and um, a green smoothie. And I had that literally every day around four o'clock and, and water and maybe a banana and um, hella, hella oranges because of vitamin C, definitely need that for the immune system. And yeah, that's what I was having. That's what I had for three days. And I was able to um, combat some of the symptoms that I'm that I was having. Um, okay, so um, so during this time, <laughs> during the Corona virus um, quarantine, I do think that it's very important for people to be with loved ones, um, especially here in Spain. I know in the U.S. as of right now, it's March 16th. As of right now people um, in the United States, I don't think a lot of the cities or the United States as a whole is on lockdown. Um, I have heard about and read about New York City um, being on like some sort of semi lockdown where some of the restaurants and bars are being closed as far as people being able to, to come in and order. But I know some of the bars and the restaurants are able to deliver, which is great. Um, and so I don't think the United States is on complete lockdown, but I think it's coming because here in Spain and in Italy, we are on complete quarantine. Like there's no going out to go for a walk 
a leisure walk, none of that. The only time that you're able to leave the, the home is if you're going to the grocery store for essential needs or to the pharmacy or to the emergency room. Um, otherwise, they do have police officers that are around here on the loudspeaker that are reminding people like, look, if you are not out here um, to buy something from the store that you need to buy, um, that's something that's essential, then you need to take your butt back home. That's the kind of situation that I'm facing right now. So I haven't been outside in three days. Even though this is mainly quarantine day number one, but it kind of sim, I, I think it kind of officially started yesterday. Um, but I wasn't able to go out on Saturday, and it was such a beautiful day on Saturday. I wasn't able to go out because I was hit with the flu. So I have literally been inside for three whole days. But thank God that um, where I'm staying, there's a, a porch, and I'm able to kind of get some fresh air that way. Um, but yes, during this time, I think it's very, 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 very imperative for people to be with loved ones. Why? Because even though, even people that are introverts, and I am an introverted extrovert, and I know a lot of people that know me really well don't believe me when I say I'm an introverted extrovert because they think that I am a very loud, the party goer type of person, but yes, I can be that type of person, but I definitely need my alone time, especially being around groups of people for a long, for long periods of time. I just cannot, I need my alone time. So, um, so yes, like I like to have a lot, a lot of separation from other people for long periods of time. But when, something like this happens, I think it's extremely vital to be around um, some sort of human interaction. Some, Even though like, yes, technology is amazing and you're able to FaceTime people and you can call them and text them and what have you, Skype them. But I think it's extremely, extremely vital for other for people to have human to human contact. Um, yes, I know with the coronavirus, they, a lot of the official CDC, people from the CDC, people from WHO are saying um, to limit your interaction. Yes, but I'm saying um, within the household, one or two people, maybe three, um, it's, it's very, very important to have that human to human contact and interaction to remain sane, to keep your sanity. I think it's extremely important. And this brings me to mental health. Um, when it comes to the coronavirus um, and what's going on today, um, if you're like me, I'm the type of person that need some sort of productivity work. I need to be proactive. I need to do something that is going to be beneficial for me in the long term. It can be something very simple as me learning maybe four or five conjugated verbs in Spanish, whatever that is, like I need to do something productive and meaningful that contributes to either my life or others. And so, um, which brings me to my point of the, one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Um, when I started this podcast last year in June or July, I can't remember, it was the summer. Um, I started it because 
it was my very, very first time in years not being, not having anything essential to do. I went from working full time as a therapist to working part time um, as a teacher to having a complete summer off and I thought I was going to go crazy. So that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast was because I needed to be productive and um, not just being productive, but I also want to share my story. I want people to hear um, what I have to say and if whatever it is that I have to say, if it helps other people, then great, great. Um, so I only have maybe five more minutes for this. Um, so mental health, um, yes, being productive like me, I need to be productive. If you need to be productive, whatever that is, write some things down, write some goals down, write some, um, some small goals that you want to achieve for the day or plan out your entire week, um, create a calendar for the week and, or within the next three days and write down a few goals that you want to achieve so that you're not insane, so that you don't go go insane um, from boredom. Um, it's okay to do Netflix and chill if you want. Fine, good. I, I know I, there's a few movies that I want to catch up on. There's a few episodes on Netflix that I want to catch up on. But take a break from the TV, maybe read a book for 10 minutes, maybe um, try to pick up a new language. A lot of things are going around on Instagram about starting a new side hustle. Like, yes, I'm contemplating on bringing something out um, within the next couple of days. I'm brainstorming a few things. Like, try to be as productive as you can because when, depending on the person in the situation, when you feel like you're being less productive, that's when depression and anxiety can start to manifest and, and sit in and manifest. And you want to avoid that. Um, again, like being with lo- loved ones and talking to people and expressing your feelings and, um, I don't know, coloring, writing, journaling, all of those things are very productive things that you can do that can, um, that can help with your overall your overall mental health and your overall productivity. Um, things that you can do inside while being quarantined. If you are in a country where you are completely quarantined, where you cannot go anywhere like me, um, what my routine so far looks like is um, I wake up, I have my coffee, I work out, um, where I'm staying has a stationary bike. So I use the stationary bike. I have ankle weights. I use those weights. Even if you don't have any machine, go on YouTube and do some hit routines. And like, if you're so, if you're so, um, used to running and going for runs and doing lots of cardio, there are so many resources out there, especially on YouTube that you can utilize that you're able to keep up with your daily exercise activity. Um, uh, Yeah, and then do all the things that I said um, before about productivity and like allow this time to um, tap into your creativity. Like I am not a creative person by any means, but I am going to allow this time. I don't know how long this is going to be. It could be longer than 15 days, but I'm going to allow 
myself to tap into my creativity because that's something that I definitely want to work on. So um, I will create another episode um, because I think this is kind of fun to kind of talk about um, it just things about my life, about me being disabled and living abroad and the things that can occur unexpectedly while living abroad, um, something like this. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it probably seems like it's all over the place and it's very long, but I will come back possibly next week. Take care.